thetortoisegroup.org. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Still going on up until 5 o'clock. We're in Reno. We're in Las Vegas. Angels working the set here at Silver 7s. If you're in town, you don't know Silver 7s. Come on now. Come on. Legendary spot. Flamingo in Paradise. Used to be the Continental when I first came to town. Cookie Jar was upstairs. They've uh, renovated the place multiple times. Cool joint. Cheap drinks. Great food at the City Cafe. So get on down here. And then multiple giveaways for... Folks who have the A-Play card, you want to sign up for that because they've got Tuesday giveaways, they've got Friday giveaways, they've also got uh, multiple point specials throughout the week, Friday and Saturday, 8 p.m. on until midnight, $500 cash giveaways every hour for the gamers. So great spot, good local spot, two bars, Bud Light Sports Bar and Silver and Gold. Before I get to the big four, uh, John, you sounded like you were mobile today. I never know what you're doing because you have 14 jobs. I appreciate that John does the show with us. When he can, uh, you sent a message over that you were working a coffee joint, and that's uh, one of the traditions of one Adam Hill, right. who's always on the road somewhere. Just the constant search for Wi-Fi. Right. No, I was working, actually. I well, I know, I, no, no, no. I that's mean, like, I got doing. a job at Starbucks. I just Oh, you're back. Yeah. You're back at Starbucks. Just in case. That's where John started. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Arguing over cookie straws. That's right. No, I had so I had a couple of things around town. I, have, I worked this morning over at Vison. I had to go uh, clean up some stuff, some personal business, if you will, around town, and then had some time to kill before I got here. So decided to stop over at a Starbucks, grab a coffee, and sit there, send my uh, my list to you as we do every day. Yeah, it's been a busy day. I haven't been home since about uh, six in the morning. Oh, look at you! Yeah, the dedication. That's right. I love it. All right, big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four Number Four Alright, Damon, you're in, you're up Damon sends stories over every day I'm intrigued by this one You said the U.S. Open will have more eyeballs on it What does that mean and why is that? I think I should have put a will Because I was thinking Ah, about it more as a uh, question Will it have more eyeballs? Uh, I was like, Damon's guaranteeing something here Let's go. State your case. No, so you're asking, will it have more yeah, eyeballs? Yeah, will it have more eyeballs? Do I think so? I don't think it's really going to affect ratings, but I want to see, you know, so much as us as sports fans, you got to, you know, put your money where your mouth is. If people are so outraged by this live golf merger, are they going to say, you know what, PGA, I'm not watching the U.S. Open. I don't care. But I don't think people will. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. The, the golf fans are going to watch it. I mean, Steve's raising his hand, but were you going to watch the U.S. Open anyway? No, I really haven't watched a whole lot of golf. Right. And I also, I don't appreciate the lie about, well, we needed live, you know, we need those golfers back. Uh, now it makes it a super league again. They, they were gone for like a year. Stop. But they and played I, in all the majors. Most, most people. Yeah, and then they came back and they played in all the majors anyway. So nothing really changed. And again, I don't, I feel like all I'm doing is sitting on a pedestal and, you know, angry about sports. I love sports. I like watching golf. I'm just not into it that much anymore. But... To Demond's point, if there is a cause to back, it would be not watching Saudi-owned U.S. sports leagues. Okay, I guess that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll stand on that pedestal. Their fingers are in everything, so I yeah, find no. it hard to really make a stance. You know, I told you guys last week when we talked about this. Like, for example, uh, the Saudis are the largest outside shareholder of Nintendo. 
I love my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> like, do I stop playing it? Like, right? Just got a game the other day. Um, I guess you can make the argument that it is. Also, I'm just a terrible person, and I've got some bets on this thing. So let's go. Come on. Got to watch the U.S. Open. Especially West, West Coast golf. It's awesome. What would you bet? Shalfley's leading at eight. Fowler's right there at eight. I got some guys near the top. I've got DeChambeau, top 20. I've got Siwoo Kim outright. I've got Homa outright. Those guys are both uh, in the top 10. Uh, I've got Hideki Matsuyama that just hit the course about an hour and a half ago. i got Hovland, who's about five strokes back. Uh, six strokes back, actually. Fowler and Shoffley were awesome. I feel like that's going to drop back, though, by the time we get a little bit more golf under our belt. All right. So we've had a good time working with Damon, and one of the reasons, um, and I guess if he's against me on every topic, maybe I won't enjoy it so much, but no, I, I would. Um, one of the things that caught my ear a couple weeks ago is Damon's very much into press conferences and the decorum of coaches and players and athletes. And I actually hope, Damon, you represent a new generation of media people who go out to press conferences and if someone comes at you and tries to demean you you're like what and then you rip your shirt off and flex and go let's go come on come down here but i know you're all you're you're put off by the fact that there'll be snippy snappiness from subjects so your question was what about the the live and the crossover and the merger should they even have to answer the questions if you're trying to prepare to win the u.s open do you really want to hear about hey what do you think about you know Saudis killing journalists or whatever the case may be because why should they have to answer for any of that Brooks Kepka I, I don't know that's a pretty good question Brooks Kepka. I mean he just wants to clap it up at a Panthers game and play golf on the weekends he yeah. doesn't want to have to answer yeah, for 9-11 families Brooks uh, Brooks Kepka with a lot of coffee we'll say yeah, I was going to say I don't, that, I, I'm uh, not even Panthers sure that game. he can process what people are saying to him anymore it's all going real 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 fast <laughs> a lot of coffee bug eyed at these games so uh, he, he just he self-medicates to uh Right. It's kind of circumvent all these issues. Uh, I would say, DeMond, too, if it's relevant, they should be asked it. Now, I don't know how relevant it is after all of this, and they've had a lot of time to answer those questions, so I don't know if this would be the spot to do it. So I don't think they'll even get the questions. Number three. <laughs> uh, surprising for many, but Bryce Harper again came out and said, the A's going to Vegas is silly. Vegas should get an expansion team. Bryson Stott, another Las Vegan, you know, both guys are with the Phillies, echoed the same sentiment, and this is a really big deal. But I think it's great. I think players should speak out on issues like this. Like this, this is your sport, um, and I like to hear players. Aside from the team that is moving from a city like Oakland, I like other players to go. That, 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 this doesn't seem right for those fans. Well, and the cool thing is that the way the article is written by Matt Gelb, it's 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 framed in the whole Vegas Golden Knights Stanley Cup win, which is like Harper like demands in the clubhouse when they're in Arizona, you got to keep this TV on. When I walk by, I want to see what the score is. You know, building it up from the sense of like Vegas, as everybody said, it's Vegas born. It's ours. Harper even says the term Vegas born. It's an expansion team. It is Las Vegas team. But with Oakland, and I think the, the flaw in Harper's logic is he's viewing it as, will it be successful? You're not going to convert Yankee fans to A's fans. It's not. They don't care about that. The A's, it's clear they the A's don't care about it. They kind of hinted, by the way, not in the market by talking to an L.A. Times writer that this thing is going to be very much for the tourists with that suggestion that we could have games that normally would start at 7 o'clock, which would be very easy or easier for locals to go to games. They're like, oh, 4 o'clock, got to worry about the tourists. Yep. Okay. So they don't care. Like They don't care at all about the Las Vegas brand. Like They don't care about making themselves. Now, Harper even said that he thinks that they should rebrand the team if they're going to come out here but i that like, ain't gonna happen we talked to dave cavill right uh once and uh cavill said no the, the name is legendary it goes all the way back to the early 1900s also went stomper mm -hmm. which everyone out there i'm not going to do it again we'll do it another time 
Look up why the elephant, why they have an elephant, and why their mascot is named Stomper, and you are going to laugh. You'll, you will have a hearty, hearty laugh. Number two. Number two. You buried the lead. What did I? What did I miss? The end of the article. Yeah. They asked Harper, uh, "Have you been? At, have you thought about maybe going to Las Vegas ever in your career?" His quote: "If I ever play there, then something really bad happened here." Ooh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I mean, it kind of sucks for us. I'd love right. to have him here at some point, but he's like, "No, thank you." Number two. Exactly. Reset it. Reset it. Get the bit the month. Now, there's uh, there's the other part of this, and that is the people on the ground in Oakland. I feel really bad for them, and I've completely refrained. I've, I've read some different things on social media, people in Oakland trying to come at us, and I'm like, you know what? I understand. They're emotional. We're not going not gonna to punch down. We're not going to bash them. These are tough times. Uh, Brody Brazil on NBC Bay Area has really worked hard on this, and you can tell that you know, the guy is uh, an A's follower. He's got fans in his family, and watching him yesterday when the, the votes came down in the assembly, man, it got kind of rough. I just want to share something uh, today, just in San Ramon with my son. Here we go. Uh, saw I, knew, kids, I knew this was coming. I saw a kid wearing an A's hat. Mm-hmm. And uh, to think that in 10 years, you won't be seeing that uh, around here. It's tough to, tough to swallow. It's uh, it's something becoming extinct. It's been around here all my life, most of your life, and you won't see it. That'll be be like an Expos hat. You know, the A's hat around here will be like an Expos hat. And um, yeah, sorry, sorry, not sorry. To be honest with you, I want to be clear. This is not the ultimate uh, of your life. I appreciate. You won't see it. That'll be. I think that was it. Be like an Expos hat. You know, the A's hat around here will be like an Expos hat. I appreciate Brody showing kind of youthful exuberance. Um, and then when you start talking about kids, you know, it's going to get you worked up. So, sorry, for kiddo, sure. your team's gone. Root for the Giants, or uh, you're going to have to jump on board with Las Vegas. It sucks. And then to get the comments from Manfred today, uh, uh, essentially throwing Oakland under the bus, like I, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't work with us. They couldn't do anything. It's, it's I didn't. I, I refuse to read a lot of this stuff. My impression, because I was listening to Fox Sports Radio on the way in, Covino and Rich. My impression was that he essentially said the plan they offered in Oakland was too big. The project was too big. Yep. If they had offered something like this, like it wasn't too big. This offer is upwards of two billion dollars over the course of the next thirty years. Just say it. Just say it. Yep. I. Uh, you know what? That that whole group, Bobby and company. Oh boy. And. Really quickly, to go back to the, the hearings that we were watching just like, you know, last week and everything, you know, when they're getting pressed about all of this and when they're asked about fielding a successful team and when you have A's representation going, even if we had a successful team, yeah. By the we way, wouldn't be able to do it. To that, hear- wasn't, that wasn't A's representation. That was Jeremy oh. Aguero, who's for hire, yep. who then is lecturing about sports. Bruh, come on. I mean, I hope he knows what he was doing. Right. If he lacks that much, that, that much knowledge on this. That the A's have never had support and wouldn't have support if they were winning. And by the way, it's not really fair to measure a market when your stadium is that gross and disgusting. Mm-hmm. And listen to a guy like Brody Brazil. You're going to tell me that you, if you feel that a winner or a fan, like there's plenty of people like Brazil out there who would love to support that team if you cared about it. Number one. Good feelings in Denver today. 
they overcame all the doubters. These, I think these bites are pretty funny. But Chris Marlowe's worked for the Nuggets forever. If you're like me, an old person, you remember Chris Marlowe calling like beach volleyball with Karch Karai back in the day. But he's been in Denver forever around the Nuggets, and he was ready to rant and attack at the parade. I would like to thank all the naysayers out there in TV land and all over the world. The Kendrick Perkins, the Nick Wrights, the Chris Mannixes, all the people that doubted the Denver Nuggets, that picked against the Denver Nuggets every single game of every single series. Okay. One, I don't believe all those guys picked against them every single game. They actually did. Two, did they every single game? Yeah. Well, I, not I, every I, game, I, but I look, every series. By the way, I yeah. look at, I also, when I hear pick, I'm also thinking betting. Um, yeah. But now while Chris is playing into a bit, Chris realizes some of that is a bit from those guys. But there were naysayers. There were. There were naysayers on the Nuggets, no doubt. They weren't appreciated. Give me a little more, Marlo. Credit to Michael Malone, yeah. who used that. He used it as motivation for this Denver Nuggets team. Look at how these people feel about us, what they think we can do. No, we can do more. And I, I just think uh, they played a big role. I think that motivated the Denver Nuggets to go all the way. It's cool, man. The Denver Nuggets winning is cool. I think Bronco fans are pukes, but I'll put them aside. But Denver winning as sort of an outlier in the NBA is cool. The fact that I call them an outlier is what motivates them. And also, it's what should motivate us here in Vegas forever. The mount, As I say all the time, the mountain time zone and the Pacific outside of L.A. do not get the love and respect. And writers don't get enough information to cover these teams. So I think we're on the same boat in a lot of ways as what goes on in Denver. We'll continue. Got to get to uh, more on... VGK, we are disliked by North America. Yeah, let's do it. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. It's June, such a busy time in sports. we got the NBA Summer League coming along. We got Reno in the house, Las Vegas, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. We're at Silver Sevens. John Von Tobel is co-hosting today. He's the company Angels here. Demond's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, later in the evening, if you missed our conversation with uh, some of the ladies from Twin Peaks, we had a Miss Twin Peaks, Vegas Henderson. She'll be going to Nashville for the national competition. Sarah, we'll have some videos from the Vast Digital crew a little later when Lotus posts that stuff. So we're worked up, John. We're worked up. This is championship week, championship Wednesday, now championship Thursday. We just watched the parade, and I didn't see everything that went on with the Nuggets, but I'm looking forward to checking that out. We have a lot of good friends in Denver who are good media people, good sports fans, so you feel for them. I know there's, you know, we've, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people around Las Vegas who were very much into what the Vegas Golden Knights just did. It's a tremendous, tremendous story. And what it's set up is, and this is something I've always loved, because I root for a villain in sports. Now, they don't win as much as they should now, as they used to, because the great owner's kid is a flunky, and I'm talking about the Steinbrenners and the Yankees, right? And the way George did it was crazy, but all he wanted to do was win, and that's all you want in an owner. And Bill Foley's an unbelievable owner. He is. Mm -hmm. They do everything they can to win, and that includes walking the fine line. So they took an expansion draft 
changed the team, team over a lot, basically moved on from the entire team, and they had six guys still remaining. A Hall of Fame goalie was pushed out. People hated that. God, I was, who was I talking? I was talking to another show the other day about, you know, all the players that they moved on from and how emotional. And it was really, it was on the show yesterday. We were talking about, you know, moving on from guys like Nate Schmidt and the firing of Gallant and, you know, Ryan Reeves coming here was not liked. Ryan Reeves leaving was not liked. But the Flurry thing is unreal, right? They make tough decisions and they're like, hey, the public beats us up. If the media wants to beat us up, we believe in what we believe in and it paid off. Uh, and as I said yesterday, hey, on this show, we've, we've pushed back on McPhee and McCrimmon a lot on personnel moves. And I'm not going to say all of us, but, uh, yeah, I was wrong on a lot of them. I was wrong on a lot of them. They don't care. And as fans in Vegas, I would advise everyone up on social media, when you see hockey fans from around the country try to bust on the Knights or bust on Vegas or bust on Vegas fandom or, oh, the salary cap, oh, it was easy because of the expansion draft, evil, evil, evil. Don't punch down. Embrace. Embrace being a villain. Because you're, if you're a villain in sports, then you're a winner, mm-hmm. right? Of course. Well, what, what, these guys, what these guys did, like especially with the cap, right, and manipulation and pushing right up against them. By the way, they did it last year, but the whole team got injured, and it flopped. I didn't hear anyone last year go, you know, cheating, because yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. It didn't work. It worked this year. What? I'm not saying it's the same style. But in, in the effort to win at all costs and not caring what fans think and what players think and what media people think, what they do here is kind of Belichickian. Mm-hmm. And who's a bigger villain in sports than Bill Belichick? And who's a bigger winner up until the last couple of years than Belichick in the National Football League? We want to be hated. Don't fight with dunces from around the country and in Canada it's a waste of your breath just gloat of course because they're jealous they want to be you every second of it you should point and laugh and say yes that's right you want to with the video getting posted of Vegas by the way it was like five it was probably four to five hours after the game was over yeah you want to know why because there's better things to do we get it you're in boring Montreal where the only thing the only thing you have no I'll say it we're villains no, I like Go that ahead, part. flip your cars and light them on fire because you have nothing going on. That's fair. That's a good dig. Yes. There, actually, there actually is a lot going on in Montreal. It's a great no, city to park No, in. we're the villains. Your, team, your town sucks and so does your team. I'm ruining your rant by trying to differentiate between right. cities. Keep going. Yeah, you said to be the villain, so let's do it. Every, at the crux of every person, because, again, like you said, there's a lot of people who are trying to crap on the environment afterwards. Know the out there, to your point, Steve. Everybody listening to my voice right now is a fan of the, the Vegas Golden Knights. They want to be you. They want to be you. And that is it. So, yeah, gloat. Who cares? You don't have to defend Vegas. You know the truth. And the truth is, is that you're the fan of a team that won the Stanley Cup. And they did it in ways that were unorthodox in the National Hockey League. Essentially baseball on ice, right? Stuffy, got to do it the right way, got to do it this way. Nope. Vegas went in, was cutthroat, did what they needed to do, and the result is not only a Stanley Cup, but a team that's set up to potentially do it again next year. So screw them. And Montreal stinks. I've never been there, but you know what? I'll I'll go out on a limb. It sucks. Uh, It doesn't. And I'm not, you know, really down or super familiar with the whole French-Canadian versus the rest of the country thing. It doesn't matter. It's actually a great city. And it's a great sports city, and I really appreciate their passion. 
But when they're attacking us and talking about the Knights as cheaters, well, then why don't you do the same thing? Well, that's the thing that bugs be, me. Be mad. It's like I, I used the line yesterday, right? We so often in this nation, and especially in sports, do this, right? Yeah. Punch to the side. Fellow fans are not at fault. It's this. Punch right. up. Right. It's the commissioners and the owners. They're the ones who are like, we win. That's good enough. Yeah, but how about championships? Eh, it's good enough. There's a good enough attitude. And in some places, there's not even a good enough. They just don't care. They just pocket the money. Be mad at them. Be mad at them. Bill Foley is a freaking great owner. Stan Kroenke is a little bit weird, but he's a good owner because here's the money. Here's the resources. You do the job, right? And that's why the Nuggets won. And there are, you know, there are, I don't know, whatever, 10 or 15 really good owners around sports. There's a middle class that's okay, and they win sometimes, but they don't do everything they can to win. And then there's a bottom class that's probably 20% of the owners who are just absolute creeps to their market and their fans and disrespect them all the time. And people just follow along. And, you know, Cincinnati Reds fans, instead of getting mad at the clown ownership, you know, the son who's like, where else are you going to go for baseball games if we don't put a good team on the field? So what? And he basically said that. Everybody laughing. Ha, ha, ha. And then Reds fans are like, Yankees! Like, yeah, they have nothing to do with this. It's your guys in your town. Get mad at them. And then I'll give you the other thing. This constant, what do I say all the time about Las Vegas and the awareness of Las Vegas from a sports standpoint? We are sports Siberia. Mm -hmm. Most people outside this market have no idea what we are in this market. No idea. They don't know where we're from. They don't know our history. They don't know what the fans are like, if they're intense, if they're not. They have no idea. So then after this championship, there's been this effort out there with very misleading videos to say that Vegas fans don't even care. They're not even excited. Okay. John, you were out there at Toshiba Plaza. Put up pictures. And we were there probably 15 minutes after the 15,000 people who were going friggin' crazy at the end of the game. When they dispersed, we were out there. And here's the thing. This is, this, this, is, this is great on what sports culture is in America. Vegas Golden Knights fans, the residents of Vegas, didn't act like animals, vandalize, get arrested, beat each other up. Bad fans. They behave themselves. They're terrible. Wait, right. what? What? What kind of weird logic is that one? It's I, I don't really understand it. And besides, they were probably partying like animals. And many of the cool places to do it, right around T-Mobile. That's your rant. When you're going off on of Montreal, you can apply to a lot of cities in this country. I'm sorry if uh, at 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night, the only place for your city to get crazy is right outside your arena. Yep. I, I, don't, I, I wish I knew the actual number. But I had tweeted at someone the other day, and I said, hey, I'm not going to punch down. But I was like, do you realize when you move out of Toshiba Plaza and you start going up and down the strip and then you go to our local neighborhoods and you go to the periphery of the city where there's more casinos, do you know how many places we have to party in Las Vegas? I said there's like 200 bars. It might be 1,000. Right. Because if you want to count each bar in a casino. Yep. It, we don't, we're not going to stay in, in, in some plaza and just party there. There's places to go have a great time all over this city. Sorry, your city's lame. Of course. See, I told you. I was right. 
Their city sucks. There's nothing else to do. Like, it's right on the strip. Of course you're not going to sit there and party like animals. Go out. Go to the other places. Spend your money in all of the establishments that are around. You don't need to do what you're doing. Get in fights in the street and flip cars and do do everything that they possibly did. It's ridiculous. By the way, it was uh, what the uh, the Canadians fan who tweeted that out that video. Did you see one of the responses? What, what, was, what was the video? Because we really didn't talk about what it was showing. The video itself was like somebody walking around in front of to- uh, Toshiba Plaza in Toshiba Plaza, and it was empty. A lot of so few people walking around. It was clearly, by the way, because we know how you know how we know that this is late too. By the way, we were walking around out there. The one thing we could say, and one man almost fought you about it. Our people can clean up their garbage. That's, that place was clean. There was no garbage on the ground in the video that he was showing. So very clearly, that was four or five hours after yeah. the game was over. Yeah, there was a kid, uh, Richard, from I think he graduated from Del Sol because I was talking to his friends. He was so hammered. Uh, he was so inspired after the victory that he got worked up because there were crushed beer cans all over Toshiba Plaza and was picking them up, helping the cleaning crew. He was scooping it up into their garbage can. And I was like, bro, you don't have to do that. They're, they're going to clean it up. And he was like, I was getting all mad at me. I'm like, that's to clean it up, God. I don't, yep. whatever. By the way, I'm looking right now, 1992, 1993. That was the last time Montreal got to the Stanley Cup. You clowns were celebrating just getting there. Tearing apart your streets. You want to know why? Because that's good enough for you. Not for the Vegas Golden Knights, baby. All right. Time mark, JVT, rent. Demond, what do you think of this when you see all the negativity and people say, hey, the fans here don't care because they have videos of sparse streets at 11 o'clock? They hate us because they ain't us. Let's just keep it simple like that. I'm with JVT on this. When your city has like, oh, no alcohol can be served after maybe midnight, yeah, you're probably going to be out on the streets celebrating like an idiot. But when you can go to nightclubs, when you can go to your local bar and you can just party there and the alcohol is going to be flowing Whenever you want it to stop. There's no time limit here in Vegas. So that's idiotic to think, oh, why aren't they just right outside the arena partying? Where, hey, oh, my God, you know where teams go when they win the championship? We got to get on a plane and we're going to Vegas. Guess what? The team was all, I don't remember which club they were at, but the team went to the club. So why would you want to be partying? Why not go to Omnia? Are you going to be in the plaza or do you want to go to Omnia? Live here at Silver 7's. Call it a couple blocks from the strip, right? <laughs> right Right now with F1 still doing all their paving, it's a good thing to be a couple blocks off the strip. But that got, that got kind of covered up all week, didn't it? The uh, VGK Championship, Stanley Cup win, and some of the F1 stuff we didn't really get to. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, I hope we don't overdo it, but I, I really I, I like to loop in people in the audience and uh, in Vegas and in Reno, because, by the way, this is your money, too, that, and your tax dollars. You know, tax savings in the future for the A's. That's uh, it affects you guys too, and a lot of your reps said yes. So, the F one thing is interesting because uh, F one probably did the most aggressive project we've ever seen in Las Vegas history, and there was kind of mystery on this. Like, how much are they paying to have this done at like ten times speed, right? Because every road project here didn't. It? I can't. I'm not up at the Centennial Bowl all the time, but I think it's on the verge of being done. I think it was an 11 year project. We're never going to be done. Oh, with the roads here? No, nothing. Well, Nothing's ever going to grow. Done. We're growing too fast, and so is the so is the Reno area. That that area is exploding in terms of population. Very expensive area to live in now. Um, now the roads are always going to be a work in progress here. But my point is, F one just did. I don't even know what's ten if it's ten times speed. It might have been like fifty times faster than it would normally be done. But they laid out eighty mil, 
and now they're asking for 40 mil. And there's been, you know, there's been some pretty good discussions about what that's going to bring to this market, the money, mm. over the next 10 years. So is that justifiable or not? Something we can address down the road. But uh, we'll say the entire state of Nevada won the Stanley Cup. I know there's a lot of VGK fans who live in Reno and in northern Nevada. So we're reveling in this whole thing. We got Brad Powers coming up. College football better, college football expert, better across the board. He's up in about seven minutes. So much of our college football and college basketball talk, and even, I was going to say the men's, but even the women's, is around NIL. And there are stories coming out now where we're finally going to address, finally is not the right word, we're going to further address women's athletes, but especially female basketball players, and the money they're making, I don't care what they make. I understand why they're making it, and I think we can talk about why they're making it. Damon, you sent the story over. Uh, does college sports have a, a hot girl problem with NIL? What does that mean? Yeah, it was an article by Ethan Strauss, and, the, and it was tied, and it was covering the Cavender twins out of Miami, and yep. they did go to say that hey, this article was written, you know, under false pretense. You know, he basically they were told that hey, he's going to come down and talk about the brand you guys are building, but it turns out to be a hit piece in their eyes. But I do think that he does raise some valid points. I know that they are, you know, considering themselves entrepreneurs. They're trying to start businesses. They are looking to grow their brand. But I do think that there is a little bit of a disparity when it comes to. What which women are getting, you know, these deals, they still, you know, played at a power five in a power five conference, you know, so they're, they're no slouches. But their best player, Destiny Harden, I don't know what her NIL money was looking like. She got cut from the Phoenix Mercury. Now she's playing overseas. So I just don't know where does it sit. It just doesn't sit right with me that you can have. Yeah, the fourth best player and maybe, you know, the 12th best player. They're getting all this money. But how much is the best player making? And then when you want to look at what's the difference, it just comes down to looks. These are these are advertising deals in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, not to be harsh, but how many ugly people do you see as brand ambassadors? Flow, flow from progressive. And while that's, I like flow. Um, <laughs> she's like, there's a brilliant character, and she right. makes millions, right? Yes. And I don't. She's not. When she, by the way, she's not ugly, and I'm she's not. Saying. She's not at all, right? Uh, what what is what is ugly on TV? You're right. an eight. Um, I mean, I want to read more on this, but. I mean, if the Cavender twins are like, hey, we want to be respected. Well, guys, you, you know how you got into this whole thing. DeMond just said a power five. You were at Little Fresno State. You got a lot of the attention, not because of the basketball you're playing, because of your looks. You flaunt your looks. They're dancing and in bathing suits often. And it's cool. You want to make the transition to be real business women, But your entry into this whole thing was not that. So you can't just flip a switch. And by the way, the, the reason it's getting attention now is because I believe is because a male wrote about it. Tara Vanderveer, the coach of Stanford, has called this out and called it out like six months ago. So go rip her. Go out and take issue with her. Then on a Thursday, he's up in just a couple seconds. JVT is here. Steve Cofield. Here is Silver Sevens. Happy hour going down right now. Come on down. 277 on the drinks. Angel with the setup. You know, it's funny. A couple minutes ago, it's always great doing live radio on the road. We've done, I can't even count how many live shows we've done now in, uh, what are we on? 19 years of the show, yeah. right? That's what we do here and around the country. So, you know, you encounter fans, which I think is really important, which I could go on a whole rant here about how out of touch you national guys are. That's right. If you don't do local radio. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
I hear a lot, I hear a lot of national people do radio who don't talk to fans and do not talk to the average person. I stay grounded, baby. You can tell. Even though I'm a big national personality. They know me all the way in Australia. You guys do have a good following. It's actually more than national, isn't it? It's global. International, yeah. International. Uh, we just we, we were uh, in a break, and we hear someone in the, uh, like behind us coming in one of the doors, and it's like, whatever noise the person was making. She walks up, and she's like, what's going on here? I'm like, oh, we're doing a radio show. I was like, you want to come on? She's like, yeah. I'm like, you're not coming on. <laughs> Why'd you throw it out there? <laughs> you're just, you were just making... Dog noises? <laughs> Crazy noises. Uh, but she did get a t-shirt because she was funny, right, Angel? Angel looked at her. By the way, Angel oftentimes is a security guard slash right. remote tech. He just he sat there and just looked, he kind of looked down at his phone. He's like, I got stuff to do. She was of no danger. She was funny. She, and by the way, very appreciative of getting the t-shirt. Man, people love shirts. You should have seen on, uh, was it, what's it? Dude, the days all melt together. Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday, Angel. Oh, boy. I announced to the crowd that we got free T-shirts. Yeah, I, I, I was. You did, I, I didn't. I, you know how I'm like a soul crusher and like overly controlling. When I saw you do that, I was like, "Oof, yep. that wasn't the way to do it." No, that was not the way to do it at all. I was like, maybe tell them sign up for our prizes and you'll get a prize. Yeah, but people had already signed up by that point. So, like, what was I supposed to do? Because then you're going to get the people. Yeah, you, did, you did get like 60 people in line yep. uh, immediately. And then the people that already signed up are going to be like, but I signed up. Where's my shirt? So it's just going to be the same thing all over again. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot going on. Uh, championship week here in Las Vegas, here in the state of Nevada. VGK brings home the Stanley Cup. Brad Powers is with us. Brad, how you doing, buddy? Excellent. Thanks for having me. You are a baseline guy. You're like the Jokic of uh, sports gambling, except except if you lose, then you're not. Uh, but when you win, you're not gloaty guy. And I know John appreciates that because uh, John is not gloaty guy on VSIN. Um did you get into the Knights at all as a – you're a Vegas guy now. Did you care? Did you feel some sort of civic pride? No, I did not. Very disgusting. Oh, no, yeah, the, the betting. Yeah, this is, this is game five uh, before game five. I'm at a coffee shop getting coffee early in the morning, and, I mean, everybody in there is talking about it, and they're pretty, you know, gleeful. Uh, and, I mean, they hadn't clinched yet. Uh but they were so super confident. I was like, my goodness, I'd like these people to be humbled. I wouldn't mind the Knights losing tonight instead of clinching this thing. So that, that's where I stood on it. It does kind of cloud everything, your fandom, you know, when you when you play. And there's nothing wrong with that because I don't, I don't think you can be a fan. You can't be emotional when you play, right, when you bet. Uh, you know, because I'll, I'll give you an example. I did not – I was not chasing. I just made the decision this is the route I was going to go in. Um, the A's ripped off a half dozen plus games in a row. And right at the beginning of the streak, Brad, it was pizza money, but Steve Cofield decided that he was going to play run line on the uh, the other side every game. On the other side of the A's? Yes. Oh, wow. So you're hurting right now. <laughs> no, no, no. It was pizza money. It's, I mean, real, like, oh, okay. real, really pizza money. I so thought you were going to tell me a good story that you you put pizza money on the A's and you keep rolling it over. No, I saw that uh, from, uh, you know, what, what's his name, Seidenberg? Used to be over VCN, John, where he was talking about the rollover on the A's every day, and I'm like, "Yep, nope, I'm on the opposite side." And then uh, yesterday, uh, guess who forgot to bet? So, um, so this, the, the the run line streak started on the other side, and uh, I did not bet. So that's why I'm not a great better. I'm not organized like you are. Before we get to uh, some more college football bets, I have to get Brad's opinion on some college football news. One, you're a big Notre Dame guy. You follow 
the program. Um, this is a little bit weird. Did you see this coming? The AD steps down, and that kind of means something different moving forward for the football coach, Marcus Freeman. Yeah, I mean, it could since he, he didn't, you know, hire uh, Marcus. But, I, I mean, the new athletic director is going to be there for, like, six months. is almost like an apprenticeship uh, under Jack Swarbrick until he fully steps down at the at the beginning of 2024. Uh, he's kind of like the hand-picked guy by Swarbrick. So, I, I'm not sure it's going to be a typical, I want my guy in there immediately because if that's the case, Jack Swarbrick just hired uh, you know, in the last two years, the football coach, the basketball coach, the women's coach, like a bunch of new coaches. So he would have his plate full if he wanted to get his people in there right away. I I don't expect that to be the case. I think the more pressing issues for Notre Dame is going to be get that NBC deal, uh, you know, signed and for a lot more money. This guy is from NBC, so it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works. And then, you know, figure out where Notre Dame's place is as far as do, do they want to join a conference or, or don't they? I think that NBC deal um, really hinges upon that. Since we last talked to you last Thursday, um, Dylan Rayola, who had committed to Ohio State, decided to pick Georgia. Surprised by that? And is this a you know, kind of a big advancement for the SEC, which, you know, hasn't always been the first choice for quarterbacks? No, not not so much. Uh, you know, I, I thought you know from first talent level, Seth Bennett he, he threw threw for over four thousand yards last year in that Georgia offense. So I think they'll be just fine when you see what they're doing recruiting. I mean, I think they have the best tight end tight end room again in the country this upcoming season. So there's plenty of talent at your disposal, and they actually showcased the quarterback I thought in the spring game. So not surprised that the two time defending champ. Now it's starting to find uh, elite recruits at the quarterback spot. And you know me too well, because if there's one thing I've been watching the last couple of nights, Elite 11, uh, and not even 2023 kids coming in. I'm already looking at 2024 quarterbacks. You know, it's funny, Brad, I thought about you the other day because I was at a bar and they were playing the Georgia Tech spring game. And somebody I was with made a joke like, "What is this on? Who watches this?" And I go, "Oh, I know some people." <laughs> so, yeah. so let me ask you this: uh, We, it's, there's no, I don't think. I mean, maybe you have something here, uh, but I don't think there's any betting ramifications of this. But just general thoughts: We saw the 2024 SEC schedule finally yesterday. Any thoughts on what we're going to see? Because these look like some jam-packed schedules for some of these teams. Are actually going to have to finally play each other. Yeah, I mean, if we weren't expanding the playoffs, I'd, I might be less reluctant to, to, to bet SEC futures for national champs because I would expect teams to have multiple losses. So uh, that, that would impact it if that was the case, but it's not. We're expanding the 12 teams awful next year. So uh, I, you know, I think these teams even playing you know ridiculously tough schedules can lose two, three games uh, and, and still make the playoffs. So that would be the take. That, I mean, I guess from a general fan perspective, very happy to see Texas and Texas A&M play one another. I mean, come on. I mean, oh, yeah. it's been almost 15 years, so I was happy to see they scheduled that immediately. BradPowerSports.com. Also, Brad Power 7 up on Twitter. Uh, so, along with the SEC release of 2024 and the whole Oklahoma-Texas stuff and the mix, uh, just before that, the Big Ten put out opponents for 2024, which, you know, then we want to start calculating the travel miles how big a factor is that going to be in handicapping? I assume it has to be a lot with UCLA and USC, you know, going thousands and thousands of miles, and in some cases, tens of thousands of miles. Yeah, I mean, UCLA plays road games against Hawaii and LSU also next year. I mean, so I think it's really going to impact them significantly. So that would be a take there. I mean, without even knowing the win total, I'm guessing I'm going to be pessimistic on UCLA. 
And then we talked USC. I mean, they play here in Vegas to open up next season against LSU, plus play that Big Ten schedule. So uh, even though they're making strides in their Lincoln-Riley, I, I, you know, I, I'm a little pessimistic on both USC and UCLA uh, as far as their chances of, you know, you know, being contenders in the Big Ten. I mean, USC would be in the mix, but, I mean, there's a big difference between playing uh, even some of the upper echelon Pac-12 teams. If you're talking even Oregon and Utah, big difference between Oregon and Utah and Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. You don't believe me, watch the Rose Bowl last year. Well, I'm glad you got to quality of opponent because that's the most important thing. I I see a lot of people who are very much stuck on, as I let in with, you know, UCLA is going to have to travel 18,000 miles during the season. Is that a real handicap? Like, I know, because we, we used to, you know, on the Fox show that we did, we used to talk about, you know, massive travel. Um, we used to talk a lot about, you know, West Coast teams and, you know, East Coast starts. I, I think that's kind of leveled out. Like, do you, does the actual part, the travel part of it, should that be part of the handicap? Uh, that's a good question. You know, it's less of an impact just because, you know, especially at the NFL, it's less of an impact because they're flying first class. A lot of times they're flying private, you know, private. They're not, you know, with anybody else. So it's not that big of an impact as far as I'm concerned the NFL. College might be a little bit different. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how they're flying individually, each uh, school, uh, case-by-case basis. But I did mention UCLA going to Hawaii to LSU, plus playing four Big Ten road games, I do think that's the rare instance where travel could add up to them at the end of the year. Yeah, I think time zone and back-to-back weeks can jack you up, but I will say I don't think people really know enough about college football travel and how well the athletes are treated, and I'm not saying this to dig on UNLV, right? But I travel with UNLV, and again, I'm a 50-something. I'm not going to have to play football you know, the next day, but the travel is pretty sweet. John's travel too. I mean, oh, yeah. it's you know executive airport to executive airport. You're on whatever seven blanky seven plane. There's plenty of room. Uh, I don't know. I just never thought like my hey, own row on the way ho- to Hawaii. Are was, you serious? Well, that, that was, was the, great. The Hawaii flight. That, <laughs> that's actually that's a, that's kind of that's an inside note. Yeah, that's kind of interesting too. That uh, UNLV had an entire plane. I don't know how many seats were on that plane, right. but um, there was plenty of room. Uh, I, I think. For handicappers, if they're going to lean on that a lot, they better actually look into specifically how the players travel. Because I've always thought, like, hey, yeah, it's an extra hour on a plane. I mean, air travel's pretty good now, especially if you're treated like a king. I would agree with that. One, I'll give you one to keep an eye out uh, on this year, uh, the Ireland game, Notre Dame-Navy, uh, specifically Notre Dame coming back. Uh, you know, after that trip, they performed horribly. Yeah. The, you know, the last time they went to Ireland in that week two game, they almost got outright upset against Purdue as a big favorite. So that would be one to keep an eye on. Uh, just a unique travel spot. You, you, you're, you, when you get, when you limit your practice, when you're normally in a routine as far as your week and you almost got to throw away an entire day because you're jet lagged and you're on the plane an extra four or five hours, I do think it's a, an impact. And it'll be a big reason why I'm going to bet Tennessee State and Eddie. George, an FCS team, the first one ever. I'm going to bet uh, them against Notre Dame in week two. Oh, wow. All right. Mark it down. June special from Brad Powers. Oh, last, not not last part of the games of, of the year, huh? Last couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Powers is with us. That Brad Powers 7. Uh, I know you got the uh, the Bet the Board podcast that you did. You, you were doing it with Furman. I, I was uh, titillated by a couple of points. We'll try to get to both. Mm. Um, Miami Revival? Really? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they're not going back to the 80s and 90s, but, I mean, they're going to be much better than what they were a year ago when they only covered one game against an FBS opponent, and they failed to cover on average by 12 points per game. So 
I would say if they're look, they didn't sign the number one recruiting class in the country, but if there is going to be a recruiting class that can really change a program for this year, I think it's going to be Miami. I watched their spring game. They're going to start multiple freshmen, and I think these freshmen, you know, are going to be pretty good to say the least. They got a right tackle that was a five star. They got a kid that wide receiver can take the top off the defense. They got a nice edge rusher. The list goes on and on. I actually think they improved as far as the offensive coordinator hire. Big improvement there. Then defensive coordinator, I like quite a bit. So, yes, I do think, look, are they going to win the ACC this year? No, but I think they go from five wins to maybe eight. Brad, you're the best, dude. We'll see you. Thanks for having me. Take care, guys. There he is, Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call them from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400.